What's up, everyone? Happy Tuesday to you all. Welcome to another episode of Who's Number One. Uh, first off, I want to kick off the show saying a big thank you to everyone that tuned in and also watched in person the Who's Number One event last Saturday. We had a great time out there. Uh, anyways, Michael, kick us off, man. We're joined today by, by Bear and Ricardo, as usual. Got the whole crew here and a lot to talk about today. Yeah, uh, the event went great, right? I thought it was a great success. Uh, Ricardo, Bear, what were you guys' feelings on the event, on, on us uh, getting our first event off the ground? How do you guys uh, – Ricardo, obviously you were working like me. Bear, Bear, what do you think about watching it from home? Yeah, definitely going to be more of them. I mean, uh, shout out to the uh, Southern California fans. I think about 1,100 of them showed up for the thing. So that's not bad. It was a uh, packed house, man. It was yeah. it was awesome to see. You know, a lot of work went into it, and a lot of last-minute matchups had to be replaced and stuff. is is a little bit stressful, but got it done, and it, I think everyone had a good time. Yeah, and we got a good showcase of uh, the next generation. Some of these guys, Jansen, Ty, Mikhail Galvao, those guys are going to be, you know, the next Leandros and Bucheches or whatever. You know, these guys are amazing. Uh, I want to tell you guys, Thursday, we're going to be doing this show again. With We're going to have, I think, Kyle Terra and Mikey Musumeci are going to be in the studio with us. It's going to be Ooh, a big one. That's big So news. they'll be sitting here with uh, Ricardo and Bear calling in. I think, first off, we're going to give out some uh, performance bonuses from the night. I like it. I love it. Lead us off here, Michael. Who All right. T- who took home some, some nominations and some wins? We're doing three of them. The submission of the night, the performance of the night, or no, submission of the night, fight of the night, and the... Uh, outstanding victory which is like sort of the mvp who had the biggest performance uh, i'm going to kick it around real quick and let everybody say everybody involved with flow grappling voted on this so a lot more than us i'm gonna let you say who you thought were the standout performances for you all right so uh obviously a lot to choose from we had a lot of good matches uh fun submissions i think there were six or seven submissions total but for me the sub of the night was mikhail galvao over mateus rodriguez um just a, a great match overall. Both athletes showcased some, some strong skill sets. Mateus looked great to me, but Mikael was just, uh, that back take was savage. He didn't really fully have the back, but he managed to get maybe like a, a face crush rear naked. It looked like it might have been over the jaw, but it looked brutal. My sub of the night. Fight of the night had to be Roberto and Keenan for me. Just nonstop action. Of course, uh, a great showcase of Roberto's skill set, his nonstop back attacks, uh, really pushing the pace there, making Keenan work hard. Very close. You know, Keenan looked good as well. And then um, outstanding victory for me has to go to Victor Hugo. You know, uh, kind of the uh, the underdog in that match against a two-time Black Belt World Champion, but uh, really showed a start, smart strategy, put Nicholas in that 50-50, tied him up, got the two points, and uh, showcased a, a great win for himself. So those are my, my picks. Slick Rick, what do you think, and who are your performance winners on, on the night uh, for the first two is number one? Yeah, fight of the night, definitely uh, Keenan and Roberto. That was awesome. You know, as, as a fan, as a commentator, that was probably one of the most exciting matches I've ever seen. Um, and it was really cool. You know, Keenan really opened up, and it was a really back-and-forth match. The crowd was, excited, you know, going crazy, so that was really cool. Uh, submission of the night, I think Jessica Khan's toehold and um, – Mika Galvao's, yeah, like the, between those two, I, I mean, probably Mika Galvao's, you know, probably in my, my opinion would be submission of the night. And uh, I agree with Chase, win of the night, you know, Victor Hugo, uh, it was a big coming out party, you know, beating Marigali, uh, you know, Victor Hugo really kind of showing a lot more confidence overall. You know, I said it in the broadcast, you know, in his jujitsu and even off the mats, he's saying that Marigali thinks he's the best looking, but he's got the best style. So, it was really cool to see Victor get that win, uh, you know, in front of his friends and family and his new home in San Diego, which is not too far from Costa Mesa. So, yeah, that was a fun night of action for sure. Bear, how about you? Who, who would you give these awards out to if you were making a call? Sub of the night, fight of the It was like the uh, outstanding victory. Who uh, who was like the, put on the best best performance? And then the outstanding best performance, I think the Rotola brothers just um, 
being able to not they don't train in the gi so much they're just strictly no gi and to go in and beat the number one we're getting uh, reports that uh we can't hear bear here maybe our, our producer can uh take a look into that because we can hear you bear um but i think it's just quiet no uh, no uh, several comments have come through saying really? they can't hear him at all okay um, you guys you can't hear me or what? you guys notice What's up with the production uh, might be production pushing you through the social. I, I don't know what it is. Oh, now we can hear him. All right, um, Bear's good. All right, all right, right, now right, right, all right Bear, go ahead and relay through those pick, uh, all right. picks again. Bear picked Ruotolos. He picked uh, Roberto Keenan. He Keenan picked and Roberto. Yeah. All right, so, he, so here are the awards. The if, if the asset's ready, cue it up. The uh, submission of the night after everybody voted went to Mikhail Galvao with Jessica Khan coming second place. I mean, Mikhail, that was an incredible match. I mean, he was getting beat up at first, fought his way back, sort of went beast mode there first. Like, he almost got his guard pass, almost got his back taken, and then just sort of bridged out of there, just, you know, exploded, took the back, finished the choke, choke in the face. That's what it looked like. It's hard not, to see from the back. Did not look not. comfortable. Did he go? He didn't go out, did he? Because it looked really weird when they when they stopped the no. match. He kind of went. Okay, I didn't think so, but no, he didn't go out. But his it's like his hands were caught under Mikhail's legs, Got so it. he was like almost like tapping like here, and uh, he was pretty frustrated. You know, he, he Mikhail almost like rear naked rear naked choked his face. You know, yeah, so it was pretty yeah, nasty. Yeah, like. uh, uh, the fight of the night, almost everybody. I voted for Mikhail Mateus because of the back and forth. Basically, everybody else voted for Roberto versus Keenan. Roberto versus Keenan is the fight of the night. And the outstanding victory, uh, this was the only one that was really close. It was. It came down to Victor Hugo winning over Roberto. Victor Hugo took out Marigali. Either one of them, they could have shared it. doesn't matter. I had some assets ready for those, but don't have them to show. But all right, let's move on. Guys, I'm going to ask everybody this now about the event. The main eventers, okay? We had two guys get the upset. Roberto crazy in his black belt debut beats Keenan. Victor Hugo takes out Marigali, and then the, the two big names lost. Let's kick it around. What do you guys think is is the logical next step for these guys in their career? Who, they, who for the winners or the losers? Either one. Which, which uh, pick somebody? Pick one of the main eventers. A match you'd like to see for them going forward. Man, I want to see Victor Hugo and Vushesha. I don't think we'll see it until Worlds, but Ooh. those guys are both ultra heavy. And, uh, I mean, that's a dream matchup for me. Victor Hugo is the next generation, and Bouchesha is, of course, the all-time great. I mean, uh, that that's a no-brainer to me. That's the match that I'm dying to see coming out of who's number one right away. So you said who? Victor Hugo and Bouchesha. Yeah, but that won't happen until Worlds. But that's the match I want to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the match I'm dying to see. Victor Hugo's good no-gi, too. I mean, he's beat, uh, he won no-gi Worlds. He beat Nicky Rod. What about you, uh, Ricardo? What's a match that you think needs to happen coming out of this uh I mean, event. if we're looking at if we're looking at the continuity of who's number one, if we're looking at another who's number one, uh, I'd like to see Victor and uh, and Roberto. I think it'd be cool. I think uh, Roberto um, is proven himself in the open divisions at countless tournaments as a purple and brown belt. So why not face a bigger challenger? The guy who won the main event, co-main event winner against the main event winner, kind of makes sense to me. I'd really like to see that happen. Okay, Bear, give us give us your uh, dream matchup here for anyone from the Who's Number One card from the main event. If it's the same rule set for 10 minutes at the same uh, time, I don't want to see any of them. It was the most fucking boring shit ever at that rule set. <laughs> like 10 minutes and, like, fucking, come on. Like, they're just playing guard the same shit. I'm just joking. It was kind of boring, guys. I'm not going to lie. But, um, but uh, if I had to choose one, can't be Victor Hugo versus Bouchesha. They're going to meet at Rolton. Bouchesh is going to smash everybody like he normally does, and it's going to be uh, – everyone's going to be like, oh, Bouchesh is the best. Oh, now he's the pound for pound when he's always been the best. Every, all the media guys are doing <laughs> the same shit. Oh, yeah, he's the king. But uh, if we had to pick somebody, I don't know. Let's go uh, Roberto Jimenez versus uh, uh, Galvao or one of the Rotolo brothers versus Roberto Jimenez. That would be my pick. This is, I mean, everybody wants to do these matches, but nobody – I mean, I think Roberto might be game to fight a lower belt, but none of the black belts – like. Guy wanted Tynan and Jessica to fight black belts for this one. No, nobody wants to fight. Nobody wants to put it on the line and fight the lower belts. Mickey Galvao wanted to fight. Ro- Brown. I think. I think Roberto. I think Roberto, Roberto will do it. We made, He'll do we it. Made, we made Roberto. We made Roberto fight Gutenberg when Gutenberg won Royal the same yeah. day. And yeah, that was a. I'm pretty sure he would respect the the heavyweight divisions though. 
really interesting for Roberto as it is. Like, I'd love to see, uh, you know, Leandro Lowe versus Roberto would be yeah. an interesting match. Yeah. We could have someone like Jackson Souza or Adam Warzynski. Like, Roberto, to me, is, is such a fun stylist. He's, he's aggressive. He has a very open game compared to some of the more seasoned black belts. That uh, Any of these guys that are veterans, I'd love to see them match up together like that. I want to see the two guys who lost in the main event get that rematch that everybody wants to see. I want to see Marigali versus Keenan rematch. Yes. Yeah, that'd be fun like as well. It. They're both coming off a I couple like losses. Uh, Keenan lost to Felipe. That would be a good fight. Yeah. That would be a good fight. A rematch but I think, would be good. What do you, okay, what do you think? So if we're gonna if we're gonna run Marigali Keenan, what's a good rule set for that? What Six do you guys think? And just just let him go crazy. Six yeah. minutes, let him go crazy, and then I don't think Keenan would hold the lapel so much. He would just push it because he doesn't have to sit and guard for like three minutes because he's gonna be tired just like every other black belt. You know, so. I think uh, I was we're 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 kicking around about changing up the rules a little bit for next time. I think. Uh, I think we're gonna go six minutes for all belts, just to you know make the make the event move faster. Like you said, let let people be able to push the pace. Uh, what do you guys think about? I mean, I like Ricardo's idea. If it goes zero zero, it's just a draw, no winner. I mean, I mean the thing is with that. Well, hold on a sec, Bear. Hold on a sec. We had a he's couple from Canada. Doesn't this... count. He wants every. He's from Canada. He wants everyone to be everybody's friend. He no, wants no, no, no. To be a winner. There's a winner and there's a loser. Hold on a sec. He's the nicest guy Hold on a sec. But there can't be a draw. You Hold on. Or you lost. There's no, there can't be a draw. No, 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 no. What's What's worse? Let me. Let's look at it this way. The last who's number one this weekend? Okay, we had two matches ended zero zero, and it went to a ref's decision. Your people, the checkmat folks, were freaking out, freaking out. A couple of the a couple of the decisions that went zero zero. So it's like, man, it went zero zero. What are we like? Why are we going to leave it in the discretion of the referees and judges? Let's just say, you know what? If it's zero zero, you guys don't get paid. It's a draw. No one gets paid. That way, it incent- it gives them more incentive to actually do something. I could be off. You here, said but- pay. You 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 said pay. I'm talking about winning and losing. I agree with you on the pay, but someone has to win and someone has to lose. At zero zero, though, no. At zero zero, if it's a draw, whoever scored last wins, like we did. I, think, I like that one. I think, I think, I think the draw, the draw is just there because of the the rule set. You know, someone's gonna sit in guard for someone's gonna sit in guard for six minutes. Someone's gonna pretend like they're passing for six minutes. I mean, it's it's not like something it, we haven't seen over the last twenty years, you know. For sure, but the majority of matches in this event ended either in submission or in points. There was only two draws, I believe. Two draws, zero, in seventeen zero. matches, which wasn't bad. And they were zero zero, right? Both zero zero, yeah. They have to be. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Get rid of them, you know. Like let's just, yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> and that's why that's why I hate refs' decisions because everybody gets screwed when there's a refs' exactly. decision. Right? Now, anybody who loses a refs' decision ever got screwed. Nobody ever like is like, yeah, you know, I deserve to lose that 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 refs' decision. Like the crowd lost their mind. Uh, Seth Daniels. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Classic Seth yeah, moment later. there on the broadcast. Yeah. But, uh, you had to so, lay the smackdown on the mic there, and then yeah. you know what? It actually worked, though. Yeah, it, well, it did work. Everybody shut up. He's good at doing that. One of my favorite comments on Reddit was uh, somebody said, "Did uh, did Muhammad?" Because it was during Muhammad's interview. Somebody on Reddit said, "Did Muhammad Ali just tell the crowd to shut the f up or get the f out?" Definitely not a Muhammad move. <laughs> yeah. More Seth. But Muhammad, uh, Muhammad's English is getting better, but it wasn't that slick. I don't know if I describe that as slick, but. Uh, that was a fun event. Muhammad but, might speak better English than Seth. I don't know. <laughs> More but, proper, perhaps. <laughs> One thing I'll say about a uh, controversial decision versus having a draw is that who wants to see a draw again? Like Everyone goes home feeling a little bit unfulfilled. You get kind of fired up if you lose a decision. You, maybe you want that match back. Maybe that makes things interesting. Foster's a bit a, a more exciting storyline to me. Where if you see that again, you're like, oh, these guys fought to a draw last time. I can't wait. Whereas, oh, this guy got robbed in the decision. He's gonna really want to take it to this guy. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's one way to look at it. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just biased because like during the commentating, the coaches from uh, Bears team I won't say the name. It rhymes with checkmat. <laughs> but uh, that's during your the team, <laughs> During the commentating, I seem to be able during the commentating, <laughs> guys were coming up to me, like yelling at me, like during. I'm like, man, I'm commentating. I got nothing to do with the decisions here. They're like, Balea, man, what do you think about this? You know what I mean? So I just, I'm a little spicy <laughs> after the weekend. I, I can't stand to see these zero zero matches anymore. Hey, yeah. For the record, my team, my team is checkmate, but my team is more shoro and team jiu jitsu more than anybody else. So if you're from Athos and you're doing good jiu jitsu, 
I appreciate you. And if you suck from checkmate and you're not who I'm voting for, <laughs> you suck too. And that's not who I'm voting for. That's just what it is. I'm not a full Octos fan like you are, Ricardo. Just for hey, the record, hey. I'm going for the killers in the matches. <laughs> Anybody, any team, I'm, I'm voting for them. All right. Uh, there. The who's number three challenge is still here. And by the way, I stole your laptop from Royal headquarters while I was there. That's why this I'm going to be on this whole time. This 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 episode here, it's not going off. Okay. Let's continue with the podcast. Okay. All Let's right, move uh, on. The Let's Roberto on, the, the Roberto Keenan match was sort of the big uh, news of the night. I mean, in his, his very first black belt match, he beats Keenan Cornelius. I mean, Roberto, I think. One of the keys for me here is Roberto didn't give him any respect. Roberto went right after him. Roberto tried to bear and him like 10 seconds into the match. Like, Roberto was getting after him, going after the back. Yeah, and if you notice, what he did was he tried to bear and but then used it to come back on top every single time. I mean, yeah. maybe yeah. not every single time, but I noticed it a couple times. So I think training with Mikey, he was talking about uh, the preparation training with Mikey was specifically the bear and but then I actually spoke to him. He was telling me that the Fat Ninja from the 9-9 team, Eduardo Tellis's boy, uh, helped him a lot with the lapel and squid guard stuff. So Roberto was ready. Roberto was ready. He wasn't afraid. He didn't, he didn't believe the hype, and he put on a really good match. What do you think about that one, Bear? Yeah, I think, I think you guys hit it right on. The, <clears throat> hit it right on. I think with, with uh, Roberto kind of tangling in the Burrow and Bolo and using it to come up and kind of playing up and down with that, and then also, um, I, what I saw, what was the biggest detail was him being able to uh, take his leg out from when every time uh, Keenan was lacing up on the lapel. I think that was really the biggest detail is he was doing a good job in removing his leg, putting it back in, removing his leg, and then jumping to the burn bolo. So he, he had a good strategy. I liked it. Uh, all right. I think, you know, something about this event was sort of highlighting the next generation, right? The up and comers, too. I mean, which that sort of played in with a couple up and comers winning a black belt. But who were some of the color belts that impressed you guys? To me, uh, somebody who I really like, I've always liked, is uh, Mayram Alves. And May that Mayram Alves-Josh Cisneros match was crazy. That with, first minute was bananas, dude. Well, Josh jumps to the uh, flying, flying triangle, triangle on yeah. him. I mean, basically breaks Mayram's arm. Mayram, I mean, I saw him at the end of the night. He was walking around with his arm in his jacket. Like, he sacrificed it and then escapes and takes the back. Uh, who, who who impressed you out of that? Up, I mean, basically all of them. There was a ton of killers there. Who who, who stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I really enjoyed the Jessica Khan submission. You yeah, know, yeah, that was that was a tough match for her. She was in a little bit of danger actually. That, that girl's triangle. good. Vicky's good. Yeah, man. Vicky put her in, uh, Jessica in a triangle. She just caught Vicky slipping when she came up from the sweep. She went right to the toehold. Yep, and that was a brutal toehold. Um, the, the medic gets the uh, least valuable player of the night. Uh, the medic was <laughs> terrible. The medic was terrible. Man, man, I don't know who hired that person, but uh, that, that was. We need a yeah. The medic is. <laughs> she's got to go. She's yeah. She, yeah. She's hey, the, med, med, the medics. The medics in jujitsu. That's a whole nother podcast all by itself. Man, I went to get her after the Vicky injury, and I was like, like the announcer's calling for her, and she's just back. I go, I go to get her myself. And she's like, she's like, ah, really? Like basically, like throws her stuff down, like in disgust. Like you're here working as a medic. Somebody is hurt right now. All right, but anyway. So, anyways, that was that was yeah. a great submission, though. Jessica looked yeah. looked look, uh, phenomenal in that match. Uh, I thought Connor DeAngelis looked really, really solid. Uh, his his sweeps were were really impressive. He had great pressure. You know, Mihal was a last minute replacement, so you can't give you know Connor the outstanding victory of the night. But he looked great. I, I really appreciate his jiu-jitsu. That was a fun match for me as well. Um, and of course, I think even though it was a, a draw, Ty Ruotolo looked phenomenal. He's, you know, that, uh, Jonathan Marquez was a Moicano was a European champion. Um, kind of ha had to be the front runner in this match as, as Ty had been doing a lot of no gi. But Ty looked phenomenal. Looked very, very, very. Yeah, that, I mean, that, well, that was a ref's decision that Ty clearly won. I think. Right. I mean, Jonathan yeah. just basically got the double sleeves and, and didn't do much with it. So those those are three of the matches that I really enjoyed. Uh, Ricardo, how about you? Who stood out to you on the night? You know what? I gotta I gotta give props to my fellow Canadian uh, Vicky Hong. Um, during that Jessica match, she utilized twice. She did a sweep to triangle combination. Obviously, she didn't finish it, but she was taking it to Jessica. She wasn't intimidated. She obviously learned from their last time they uh, they fought. Um, you know, as she came on top to get the point, she got caught. But it was a great match. Honestly, like there wasn't one match that I during that whole night that I was like bored commentating and like trying to make up stuff as just to make it exciting for people. Like every single match had a lot of action um, The you know, the technical abilities. I think, uh, man, Amikao Galvao kid is just, he arrived. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, you know, especially from Brazil know who he was, but 
he really, really showed everyone, you know, what he's really made of. And at 16 years old, man, the sky's the limit. This kid's going to be a monster. Uh, I was watching him drill the, the night before the show, and, you know, man, what he was doing, like, you know, Baron Bowling left, like, 20 reps left, 20 reps right, which is probably a normal thing. But I was like, damn, that looks tiring to me. So he's just, just something else, man. The kid's a, kid's a specimen, too. So, um, yeah, great show. Every single match was great. Excited for the next one. That kid speaks great English, too, for a 16-year-old from a house. He's got no accent. Yeah, he sounds fluent. like an American kid. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Bear? Who stood out to you on, on the night, on the event? Um, I, th- I think some of the lower belts. You know, it's, it's kind of hard. In all honesty, it's, I think we've, been, we've all been watching it too long. And I think, like, trying to get excited about black belt fights are kind of, like, a little hard because they're going to end up meeting up at Worlds and stuff. But I think the um, – yeah, I think uh, just watching how, like, the lower belts were performing, like, Ty performing. I was curious to see how he was going to do at the adult level, and his performance with um, Tedede's kid um, was great. And then, of course, Galval versus um, Mateus. Like that was an interesting fight just to see how they would progress at purple. Um, and there was a few other ones in there, um, but I think I think those are the ones that just kind of geek me out more than anything else. But um, yeah, those are, that's kind of my breakdown. Yeah, I mean, and then some of the, the juveniles, like uh, Colabate is one that stands out. The other kid from AOJ, yeah. Gustavo Ogawa, I got was just going to mention that. That dude ran up 18 points and Before got Before finishing him. Yeah. That, that was tough. And Gust- Jonah, Jonah Graff Gust- community is no joke. Gustavo Ogawa's passing was, man, that kid's Toriano pass was sick. You know, beautiful just progression to mount, get the arm bar. That kid was something else. You know, people were giving me a heads up on him uh, before the event. Honestly, I hadn't really seen him too much, but really impressed, really impressed. Another another Japanese-Brazilian. Like, there's so many of them that are successful. Like, the guy you mentioned earlier, the Fat Ninja. You got the Meow Brothers. You got Murasaki, Samuel Nagai. Like, yeah, there's a lot of these guys, man. Uh, you got also Rico uh, Staten from from TLI versus Robin uh, of AOJ. They had a great match as well. Very close, yeah. very technical, but high energy, high action. Those guys put on a show. Yeah, the flesh. Uh, who else are we leaving out? Is there anybody we forgot about here? Jansen Gomez with the big uh, dude. Jansen last Gomez replacement win. Jansen Gomez stepped Jansen. in. Jansen. Stepped in as a uh, late legit. replacement. I mean, I don't want to talk about this too much, but the guy who was supposed to fight didn't want to sign the waiver. One of the craziest things I ever heard. So hey. I hit up Leo Vieira. Leo well, Vieira. Yeah, but he posted that we couldn't come terms to an agreement with yeah, Grappling yeah, for well, the event or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me a break. Uh, yeah. What happened? What are you guys doing? What are you guys? What are you guys doing with all these terms, man? What, yeah, I don't. It's just a little nah, simple, simple, simple waiver. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a waiver. He didn't want to sign a waiver. He didn't want to sign a waiver to compete anywhere. But uh, okay, uh, so we asked Mayor Galli to sign it. Signing the apple to give away your life. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, not, uh, it's, but, nothing, but, it's nothing worse than you signing the Instagram agreement or the so, or the Facebook agreement. You know? So exactly. props to uh, Leo Vieira. Uh, it was like I, I hit him up. I texted him right away. Hey. I saw Jansen's around. I thought Jansen was – I would have had Jansen on the event, but I, he had told me he was going to be in Europe after Euros. Hit up Leo. He said Jansen's available. They took the fight on less than 24 hours' notice, and Jansen shows up and beats the number one pound-for-pound pound purple belt, the guy who just won the Open class at, at Euros. That was pretty Jansen's incredible. Jansen's a beast. Jansen's a beast. Uh, we wish to have him on shore roll, and I like him because he's from Cantagallo. I'm a little bit biased, so I hope the sponsors out there go and give him the biggest deal possible. You know, So I like that kid. I there like it is. Kid. That's great stuff, man. His his way of wrestling back that single leg, dragging him back into the. End He's of exciting, man. Yeah, it was, it was aggressive, Jan- fun fight. Jansen is he someone has a good who's, style. He has yeah. a good style. He's someone that'll always be welcome back because Jansen's not going to stall. You know, Jansen's. He's like a lot of these guys, these Marigali, these Buchecha type of guys. Where they, they they're not content with just going. They're not just going to try and get fifty fifty and hit the last sweep or try and win by an advantage. Jansen's got that mentality. Of he's going to go out there and go for the kill for sure, 100 percent of the time. And he's he's always exciting. Might uh, play against him sometimes if he gets out strategized by some guys. But yeah, Jansen always going to be welcome back. And yeah, thanks very much for coming on 24 Hours Notice. Something that stood out to me, one of the biggest applauses of the night was Roberto's speech after he won. Yeah, Sarah, oh, let's get Sarah, right into it, guys. Sarah, let's get if right into it. Sarah, check, if you're ready, cue up that speech. Can we play that speech real quick? I don't want to oh, judge. Oh boy for what they've done in the past but we need to stop steroids in jiu-jitsu for the young kids not for anyone who's an adult if you're an adult you have the right to do whatever the heck you want you know this is your life but don't push on kids and don't tell them that that's the only way they're going to be champions because i'm an example 
Usumesi is an example. You know, Lucas Lepri. Too many guys that have pushed themselves so hard so that they can give that example. They've given it to me, and I hope I can give it to the new generation. All right. Stop putting kids on steroids. You heard it, Ricardo. Ricardo! <laughs> How do you feel about steroids? The Canadian steroid steroids factory. Teams, Ricardo? Listen, Has your team listen, done any I steroids, tr- Ricardo? Not here in Hamilton. All I know is I tried steroids <laughs> once, and all I got was this one big ab. I got this one big ab out of it. So I don't know anything about steroids, boys. Listen, at the end of the day, you know, Fooled me. we all know steroids. We all know steroids is we all know steroids is an issue. The thing is, it's you know, we could all just sit here and point fingers and say, "Oh, this guy, this guy." We don't know. You know what I mean? A lot, what we do know is it's probably a lot of people doing it, and it's just a question of who's getting caught, in my opinion. So it's easy for people to kind of like you know throw dirt onto who gets caught and stuff like that. As far as Roberto's speech pushing it on kids. That's kind of new to me. I mean, I don't, I don't see that in my eyes. But I mean, if it happens, you've never heard it that happened. before. You've never heard. I've of, heard you've it. Never heard of, I, you've never heard of whispers in the locker room. Kids in do jujitsu. Oh come I've on, heard Ricardo. It. I've heard. I've heard it, but I haven't seen it. Kid, like kids. I've doing heard it, but I haven't bullshit. seen it. Is all I'm saying. I've heard it, but I haven't seen it. That's all I'm saying. You just said you didn't hear it. You just said it's it's new for you. Well, I haven't seen it. That's all I'm saying. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I've heard about it. I've heard about it. But, uh, I mean, you're saying that we can't point fingers at people to get caught, but let's get the elephant out of the room. I mean, the guy that we were going to give the, the full grappling grappler of the year award to, who just had the best 2019 out of anybody, won ADCC, won IBJJF Worlds, is suspended right now. That was news over the weekend. So, I mean... First off, that I mean that's big news. That's huge. Yeah. I mean it's only, uh, but let, let's be real. It's a slap on the wrist. He got one year. He didn't get the four years like Tayani. So I don't know if that means he wasn't. I don't. I don't know how they do it. I don't know if that means he wasn't doing as much as other people. I don't know how they how they well, work it out. In in the statement actually from Usada, um, it basically says that he was proven to be using as a tainted supplement, which is less of a ban or less of a punishment than if you were to take something like HGH or something like that, which would result in like a four-year ban. As far as I understand, I'm no expert, but what that means though is that the ban starts also from the date of the violation, which is June from Worlds last year. He's good to go in in June 25th. Like four months. Yeah, June June 2nd, he can do uh, IBJJF stuff again. Uh, but I do believe intent is the key uh, uh, differentiation between a four-year ban and a one-year ban. Like, oops, it was in this supplement that I didn't know it was in. Therefore, my bad, an accident. That's one year versus a deliberate choice to take steroids. So what are they saying? That he uh, that, that he, he took some pre-workout that had something else in it or something? Is that the... the- the theory? If you guys look into it, yeah, you know, I, I like, like, you know, I know I look like I'm on a lot of steroids, so this is why I'm an expert. But um, you better get on some because Marigali <laughs> said he's going to break Chase's back. Marigali said he's going to break Chase's back in the uh, Fix My Game. Later this There's afternoon. a lot of uh, supplements <laughs> out there that contain these banned substances that you can just buy. Yeah, and I'm not recommending that anybody do that, but it's kind of freaky. Like you can look at what people are popping for on USADA and then basically Google that and find uh, some kind of pre-workout or, or whatever they are called. Uh, um, you know, supplement to take. So it, it's it's out there. It's pretty available. And yeah, it's what, kind of frightening. Whatever supplement that is, you start advertising that. We're the we're the tainted supplement that that Tynan took. I mean, those, that stuff will fly <laughs> off the shelves. But uh, yeah, I mean, you got to be careful. First off, if you're an athlete, you got to be careful what supplements you're taking. I mean, because this stuff happens with you know UFC athletes and stuff all the time or whatever. And uh, man, uh, but still, I mean, if you go and you mess up, you take the wrong supplement. Now it's on your record that you're a uh, You've been suspended by USADA. That's a big deal. I mean, some people might think not that's a big. I mean, what up? about what about the guys that are taking what about the guys that are taking steroids three fourths of the year or half of the year, and then they tear off to go to the supplement based steroid fake? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not losing I mean, all those that's, games that's when you cycle off the world. That's a strat- That's a strategy all by itself. I mean, like, I mean, let's be let's be honest. Like, I mean, Ricardo, what percentage of High-level athletes in the sport, do you think, might be taking some performance, performance-enhanced drugs slash big supplements or steroids? Percentage, or. Ricardo. If you were to take a percentage, percentage, the highest level of athletes, black belt. In the words of Dave Chappelle, I take the, I plead the fifth. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. 
I don't know. You know what I mean? I really, I don't know. I mean, oh, obviously, I think that everyone. If you take a guess, I think that everyone assumes that it's a high percentage. Um, you know, we're in a different era of the sport, right? Like you look at a guy like Hodger Gracie saying that in an interview, he said, man, you know, 15 years ago, you could be a guy that trains jujitsu once a day and go out and win a black belt world championship. That's a real thing. There was guys that did that. And he said, but now you got to be training twice a day, jujitsu, one day conditioning or, you know, strength and conditioning six days a week. So the, the level has changed. And with the level going up, People are going to look for ways to keep up. You know, their bodies are going to be depleted. So I think it's just natural that that's going to happen. I'm not saying it's the right thing or whatever. I'm just I don't know. I, I, I'm assuming it's a high percentage. Everyone thinks everyone thinks that a lot of people do it. I guess we'll see. You know, I mean, we just had a, a event. I don't think any of our four main eventers there on the uh, who's number one. I don't look at those guys and think steroids with any of them. With Marigali, Victor Hugo, uh, Keenan, or Roberto. But yeah, I mean, there's other ones that are obvious. I mean, it gets even more obvious when you get to Masters Worlds. You look at some oh, of the yeah, ma- Masters Worlds. You look, like at, you look at some of the Masters Convention. three divisions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they're Masters. Yeah, and I think so you. Guys, I think you. I, th- I think you guys. You guys. I think you guys hit it. You guys are saying all right. It kind of goes back to what Roberto said, right? If you're an adult and you choose to do steroids and you're cycling off before the World Championship and you don't get caught, then I guess you pass the test, right? But for whatever reason, if you're getting caught for taking steroids or extra extra doses of creatine or whatever the new powerful supplement is that's on the shelf then you know you broke the rules and you, you get you get your penalty right but at the same time like what roberto saying is a real thing in our sport right they're giving kids steroids. it's not something that we don't all know that's happening we don't know exactly who or who who exactly is giving them but like the rumor around around the sport and the culture is like they're giving kids steroids at a very young age and some of it's like cultural some of it's just uh make sure they can recover because they're training so much um, but regardless, I think it's one of those real things that it's a real thing that's happening in our culture. And the, well, the more we pretend like it's not happening, I think it's full of shit because I, I talk to multiple people from different teams and a lot of people say the same thing, you know, like it's, it's a real thing in our culture. So, uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we'd be frauds to sit here and act like it's not a thing and it's not a problem. And, uh, let me ask you guys a question. I, I made this, the call yesterday with the rankings. I was like, what am I going to do with Kynan? Am I going to drop? Cause like Okay, he's got technically only got stripped of his world championship, right? He's technically still a pan champion, a Euros champion, ADCC, Spider, ADCC. I was like, am oh, I just gonna, oh. am I just gonna discount that world's title and just rank him based on he won everything else? And I ended up just going with the call of like, okay, if you're suspended with Usada, while you're suspended, you're out of the rankings. I'm just taking you out. June second, he can go back in. What do you, do you guys think? I mean, th- this was met with sort of mixed reviews. Uh, he didn't seem too happy about it. What do you guys think was the uh, – w- was that the right call? For me, I think there's way too much jujitsu math going on if you just discount the world title and try and use all his other accomplishments. You know, um, I think there should be some kind of ramification in the rankings. Like you get popped, like you are also removed from our pool. You're removed from the competition pool and from ours. Um that's just you know a consequence yeah, of your actions. Yeah, I plus mean, it's also it, it's just kind of easier for us. Like, could you imagine trying to do all, all all the logistics to try and rank someone else that pops? That might happen. Like, it would just get too messy. I think. And if then you pop, you're out of the ranks. Some of his people are, on his side might get mad, but I think a lot more people are going to get mad at us for leaving them in. To tell you the truth, I think we're going to get people acting like we support. You know, because you know. Everybody else doesn't have to do like we do and, you know, say, oh, he only test pods with Worlds. Other people are going to say, oh, but he was on it when he won this other stuff, this mm-hmm. and that. All right, Bear, what do you think about that? Do you think so you shot a suspension means out of the rankings? Dude, I think if you, the, the rules are the rules, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you're, these guys are playing towards the rules of the, the Federation and USADA, you know. So if you, if you get popped and you get your gold medal taken away and another team wins a trophy because your guy that won absolute in his division uh, gets pulled away, I think you should be removed from the rankings. I think it should be anybody, right? Like, shit, what about all the people that he could have fought, you know, that could have won his division in brown belt, purple belt, or even in black belt? Where does that put them, right? That's, that's, not, even, that's not even putting together all, all the factors. That's purely just saying he's out of the rankings and he doesn't get his gold medal anymore. That's not even to talk about the bigger, the bigger picture. There's people that probably in whoever's division, whether it be people that popped in the past on any, any supplement or... Uh, anything over the limit, like Meows, you know, Braulio, uh, Kainen, Tyon, whoever it was in the sport, right? I mean, but like, look at those guys. A lot of those guys 
took it in the chin and some of them got suspended for four years. Meows came out and they straight up said, hey, you know, took it in the chin and said, hey, we're going to be away from it for a while. And they came back like, um, like, like men and they just, they, they, you know, they took their suspension. So I, I give them mad respect for the, the people that took it in the chin and said, hey, I, I screwed up and going to be better from this and move on, you know, but it doesn't change like what happened in their division. Those guys could have been champions, the second seed of a fight, you know, um, and it just opened it up completely. So it's, a, it's a complex situation, you know, so. To be clear, you uh, you're saying the meows uh, just Paulo popped. Paulo, combo Paulo. It was it was uh, it was just Paulo, right? But I, yeah. I, I respect him. I respect him on the way he handled it, right? He just said, "Hey, um, th- this was a situation," and you know he took his suspension and he came back and uh, fought, and he's been like amazing. Like I, I I can't in all honesty, I can't see like anyone be- besides Paulo. He he probably got my got the most of my respect because he took it in the chin and he said, "Hey, you know." Uh, this is what happened. He gave a statement and he took his suspension and he came back strong, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's one of those but things he, where it's like a. But did did Paulo make that statement? Did Paulo make that statement after Usada posted, or did he come out before that? I think Paulo came out before. He came out before. Actually. Yeah, I think Paulo announced yeah. it himself. I remember because I was I was online. Uh, it was like a Friday night, and I was just on Instagram, and I saw it come through. And I was like, oh shit! Like, okay, so that was that was big news, of course. But one thing I think we're yeah, because there's only is, like four, right? Well, there was you, only four that I remember that kind of that got that per, that I that, that per, per Gisa pop, too. Right? You, you left you left out Pergisa uh, when he beat Galvao. Uh, yeah, but Galvao. I mean, you, you might as well take it on the chin, right? Because I mean, nobody believes you if you say your other story. Like nobody I know on earth believes any of the other stories about. You might as well just be like, yeah, I took it, like Paul. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, there could be the difference between a, a year ban or longer by doing the. Uh, accidental supplement thing but one thing we're, we're, we're overlooking a little bit is the IBJJF did introduce uh, testing at Nogi Worlds so yeah there know, might be more ones there coming. could be more coming yeah. you know as that organ- organization grows and, and introduces more testing that makes things much more complicated for guys wanting to cycle well, on well we off. just found out about Tynans from Worlds so it'll be a minute before we find out about Nogi Worlds people Kynans yeah 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 you said Tynans oh yeah, can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the K no, not, yeah. <laughs> um, right so yeah I'm curious to see uh, I did see actually some of the the um, cleared results from Nogi Worlds coming through. Like Hibamar posted his saying that he was steroid free from his Nogi World title. But uh, I would love to see it happen at Europeans and then also Pans. Um, that would just be, I think, you know, more regular testing. And also, I think what would really change the game is if they randomly tested some of the color belt champions. Not all of them, but just a couple because those guys are basically free to do whatever they want until they hit black belt. Yeah. That's a couple of years if you get your purple belt at 17 to 19 or whatever where you could be unchecked doing whatever you want and those gains stay. You know, maybe you don't keep going with that same methodology at at your black belt, but you could have a couple of years of really really um, putting on some muscle or whatever else training yeah. like a madman. Take an HGH while you're going through your growth spurts and puberty has got to yeah, so, do something I think that would be a, a helpful change too but what R- do I know R- Ricardo how much longer you got on your USADA ban uh, <laughs> man I don't know every time I apply back they just keep saying not yet homie we, like, they, they try to look at my one app and then they get scared so I don't know but man I gotta say one thing like you know um, Kynan came out and you know explained his side of the situation right away you know after the USADA thing came out and um, you know he'll be back to compete. Yeah. Uh, regarding like what this you weekend. asked originally, he'll be back to compete this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's a yeah. tough fight. But before we get to that, um, you kind of made a comment. You're asking like about the ranking. Like, should he be off the ranking? I was thinking about that, and it's like, well, I mean, we don't know. Like, this is new for your flow rankings, right? You're the yeah. guy that's doing essentially the, the the bulk of it. So at the end of the day, he tested uh, positive for steroids for that one event. So if we take out that one event title, let's say he never won Worlds, would he still be ranked number one? Uh, well, well, the Le- the Leandro win wouldn't count then, right? That's that, that's where it's get tricky. It's like, yeah. are you going to rank Leandro over him as the world champion when we all saw that's, him beat don't Leandro? Ask me, that's, that's your question, Michael. Yeah, Sears. yeah, that's Who'd why I just took him out. It's, just, it's easier just take him out until June, you know, and then. Uh, yeah, because then it's like, okay, Leandro's the world champion. Do you do you rank Leandro as the world champion then, even though we saw kind of beat him? Yeah, it's uh, it gets tricky. Uh, but well, if you uh, gave if you, if you gave everybody if you gave every if you gave everybody extra supplements, would their ranking be up? 
Yeah, I mean, and who knows? Who knows? That, it, who knows that's the question, right? Who like, knows if the other people are like, on him or not? Gotta, I mean, I'm not gotta, making that. You got to pull him away, right? Because yeah. it, com- it completely moves the moves the factor, right? Like it's like, like like if you if if Wushesha didn't like do six result tests, how much could he perform more? If if Lepri, you know, went all natural for this long and always passed his tests. Imagine how high his ranking would be. Same with Leandro Lowe or whoever else that didn't. That's a good question. You know? so we need to get Mikey like Messer. Get Mikey Musumeci on some steroids. Here's a random. Mikey's, Mikey's on his. A, he's on his own mind. He, he's, got, he's, got in, he's got internal. He's got internal um, brain power that's like better than steroids. We need to get Mikey Musumeci <laughs> up to heavyweight. What's going on, Ricardo? <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was gonna say here. Here's a random steroid fact. You know when you get acai in some places <laughs> in Brazil, it actually says with or without bomba. Just saying. I'm just saying. It's a cultural thing. Look into it. Look into it. Look into it. All right. All right. So there's the topic. With Bomba. Yeah, I would take it with Bomba Bomba every time. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hey, I don't got to pass any tests. Master's eligible. Uh, All right. Let's move on. Let's move back uh, to the future of the event. I think we're going to do some more events. We're already talking about it. When we're talking about the the color belts, what is – Something you would like to see? I'll kick it off with a color belt match. I want to see Mayram. We know he's a killer. I want to see Mayram go against Fabricio Andre. I distinctly Ooh. remember that coming up um, a week ago. I think I might have called that match out. That's a match I want to see too. Fabricio Andre is a murderer. He's, Both of those guys, yeah, man. Yeah. But you know what I want to see? Actually, not not to take away from matchups. I want to get rid of any belt tying. I want the matches to keep going, no stopping. I want See, it to be that's, per- that's performance enhancing for guys like Keenan. You got to let them retie their belts. <laughs> that's the strategy. Yeah. The belt tie, that's an automatic thirty-second break. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And then, hey, then you get extra time if you get the get the green belt on. So uh, right, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's your call. You don't have any matches you want to see. You just want you don't want guys to tie their belts no, of anymore. Course, of course, certain matches I want to see, but I think that would be. Uh, you want to see Mikey, Ottavio, Nalati? What else? What other matches? <laughs> you... Um, I don't know. It's, who 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 should Conor DeAngelis face? You know, he had a great match. Um, That's easy. When Eric Muniz, the fight that he was supposed that to have, sh- should have happened. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Tarek Hopstock come on over, join join the show a little yeah. bit. Um. Yeah, Pedro Machado would be a great addition to the show. Pedro Machado versus Tarek would be a fun match. Has that happened in the absolute before? Tarek tapped Pedro Machado at Euros with that's the right, angle that's right, that's real right. quick. Ta- Tarek's a, a savage. The reason Eric Muniz wasn't on the event is Tarek, Eric beat him, but Tarek popped about his a, ankle. How about a Mika Galval versus the Rotolos? Uh, they, fought, they fought before. Yeah, but that was that was a while ago. Europeans, maybe two years ago. That's one I like to see. I'll tell you who I'd like to see Mika Gawal fight. Jansen. Mika, Mika Jansen is is the scrap. Dude. Oh, that would be fireworks. They both that won the fireworks. They both had big wins this last week. I mean, I think that's the obvious one. Wherever we're doing it next time, I think we got to get Mika Jansen. We got to get it for Bricio and May. Ruotolo yeah, for are sure. Gonna be- Huh? The matches are going to be different. You know, when you're saying that the Rotolos fought them a couple years ago, the matches are going to be yeah. different now. I mean, yeah, they're growing yeah. up. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's they didn't even hit puberty back then. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, now they're sure. starting to mature a little bit. So things are going to change. And you know, I think Ty's I, I closer. I think Ty's closer in size to him now, too. I think I think there was a much bigger size difference back then than there, than there would be now. Because Ty's, okay. Ty's pretty big now. I mean, Ty, is, Ty, yeah, Ty, yeah. Ty just fought at lightweight, and Mika fought, Mika fought medium heavy, but he's a middleweight. He weighed in like 170-something. So they're very similar weights. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What about Tynan calling out the black belts? Who do we want to see Tynan fight at black belt? I want to see Tynan fight Man, Mikhail Ty- as well. I think that's a, that's the match Tynan, to make too. Tynan Mikhail. How's, yeah, how's, about we make, how's about we make Tynan fight Jansen as a rematch first? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, well, there you go. I want to see something different. I want to see something different. Yeah, I like that one too. That's All right, a good well, one what, too. what black belt do you want to see him? Isn't that, the one that, isn't that the one where Tynan messed Tynan up his versus leg Galval? World, right? Tynan versus Galval or Tynan versus Rotolo? Yeah, those are good. Uh, yeah, Ricardo, which uh, which black belt you want to see then? If you want to see Tyne fight a black belt, who, who who should we get him with? That was my question to you guys. One guy that told me he would do you it, Vitor. Did. Vitor Oliveira already told me he would do it. Vitor Oliveira is a gangster. He's 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 a vet. Really? He's been around a long time, and he's like, I'll he's, he doesn't have a problem. He'll fight a brown belt. But I think a lot of guys will turn it down. Uh, I don't know. There's just a stigma about losing to a lower belt, which is stupid because it's like we see over and over again, guys are a, a world-class brown belt, and two months later, their black belt's beating the best in the world. But uh, 
Well, I think I think that goes back to the belt ranking the belt ranking system. If you train 16 years and you train you're five years old, you shouldn't be a 16 year person that's been training for 16 years and you're a blue belt. I mean, it's it's just dumb. Like it makes no sense at all. Like the system's outdated and antiquated. Like if you're the Rotolos, you should be able to be a black antiquated. belt. Antiquated. If you're like high level like Calval, you should be able to be a brown belt or a black belt. Like it's like it's it's dumb. Like it just makes no sense. Like I get it, but like. Come on, guys. We're, what are we in? Like 1980? It's, it's <laughs> I got. Yeah, I got a funny. I got a funny story for you there. I remember long time ago, 2000. I went to Pan Am's, and the guy I was training with at the time, he was fighting uh, uh, somebody from the uh, Luminous family. We'll say his name after. But anyways, uh, he fought this guy first round and got destroyed. And uh, Jacques Ray came up to us and was like, "Man, that guy is Hodger Gracie." He could go on the black belt and beat everybody. And he was like a purple belt at the time. You know what I mean? So it's true. Like, you're growing up as a Gracie. You're growing up these kids training since they're five years old. By the time they get to, like, 17, 18, man, they're, they're good enough to fight in the black belt level. You know what I mean? And I think it's a cool time in jiu-jitsu overall that we're seeing these mixed matches happen. Got Mika Galvan was one of the kids that started this. Um, about a year ago, he challenged a black belt in Brazil as a blue belt. And a really tough black belt from Klubi uh, Pina and, and tapped him out. And then, like, everyone in Manaus was freaking out because they were like, oh, it's disrespectful and blah, 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 blah. But he sort of broke the molds, you know, and I think that it's cool we're going to see more of this stuff happening now. Yeah. I think um, I, I think this I think this goes way back. Like, this ha happened way before Galval. You know this, Ricardo, because you follow it. But, I mean, it's I call this staying in the belt X amount of time. I call it, like, the Manaus rule. Right, because Manaus Jiu-Jitsu has been going on there forever, so kids have been training since they've been like five years old. So they're 15 years old; they've been training 10 years, right? So it's yeah. like I'm not sure if you guys remember, but Gabriel Zinho was one of the first people that have won that won a world championship from blue belt, and then next year he won the same division. It might be even one division up at black belt. So he won the IBJJF World Champions at blue belt. And then following year, he won at black belt. Gabriel Marais, and right? Ever since then, it seems like they started to create rules. Hey, we can't have these 10-year-old, these guys that have been training 10 years that are blue belts jump into the black belt division and beat up all the black belts. So it's like now it's like, oh, you got to stay a year in the, the belt, year and a half in the belt. So it's like you don't have these like, you know, Rotolos and Gabriel Zinos and Galvao's and whoever these other like phenoms are that have been training for 15 years since they were like, Five years old smashing on black belts because it hurts their feelings you know the reality is it they are black belts like that's just what it is yeah i mean if you start training at, if you start training like i used to teach kids jiu-jitsu they start training at five six years old if they keep training they've been training 10 years at, by the time they turn 16 and they're only allowed to get a blue belt then after 10 years of training so that's uh that's pretty crazy you go yeah you go to uh that's kids what we're pan, talking about yeah you go that's to kids pants you see some of these yellow belts and orange belts they're they're monsters really high they're level. really good yeah. but uh yeah uh that's uh, yeah. It's an interesting thing to think about. It's uh, it's a tricky situation. Something I I it's always been sort of confusing to me is uh, why the time restriction is how long you have to stay. It's a minimum instead of a maximum because I think staying at a belt for like three four years is more of a problem than like hey if you want to go up too early you're just gonna get beat up if you're not ready for it. I can understand we can't have fifteen year old black belts or whatever. I mean they don't want kids like other other martial arts but junior yeah, we gotta, black belts. Yeah, ten years. Gotta stay away from the junior black belts. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Mikhail Galvao. Uh, I mean, he just beat Mateus Rodriguez. Just tapped Mateus Rodriguez. Tyro Tolo made it to the ADCC semifinals. All right, what else we got to talk about today? Got anything else on your mind? Um, I mean, we could discuss the fact that there's a fight to win this weekend. Uh, we got Kynan this weekend versus Kynan's back yeah. up on the stage. Yeah. You know that that that's, take that's the funny thing. That's what Keenan said to me the other day. Keenan's like, yeah, you know. I sort of wish I was suspended for the next four months because I'll, he's, he can only fight in stuff you get paid in. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, all right, fight to win. Who, who else we got? Well, we got Kaina Trator. That's ADCC champ versus... Is Edwin versus Giant Tama on that card? Yeah, yeah. It's a sin That's San a Diego. Match. I'm looking forward to that. That's uh, a good one. I, I don't see Trator. I don't see Trator beating Kaina really in any rules. I mean, he, no, he, I should take that back. He beat him in the gi at Brasileiro this year. But Nogi, I don't know if I see it see being in, in any rules, but especially not sub-only fight-to-win rules. Gabby McComb taking on Janet Bishop for a black belt title there at 135. That's a fun match. Barrett Yoshida is on the card. Barrett is always representing at fight-to-win San Diego and otherwise, other other locations. And then uh, Seth got, Daniels is fighting as well. Oh, yeah. 
Seth back on the competition scene. It's Seth, been a while. Seth fighting. Yeah, I saw he has a gi pick with a, a big rope gold chain with his gi. Seth is, Seth is going to be the first man to fight, referee, and announce his own match. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> that guy could do it all. Announce his own match? You know, oh, just yeah. walk down the stage with the mic. I can see him doing that. And then we have Peter Frank versus Michael Liera Jr. Well, on you the could, card he as could well. ref his own match because all the refs got to do is start and stop the match, right? <laughs> There's no points. <laughs> he could wrap his own match. You got Michael Lear versus who? Peter Frank from Alliance. Peter Frank. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I, good. Believe, I believe Masters guy. Maybe, maybe not. But. All right. Well, let's talk about kind of kind of Chitor. This is just in this rule set. I mean, Chitor is not a guy that gets many subs. First off, this is a rule set where it's like sub only. You gotta go for sub attempts. There's no points. I don't. I don't see how Chitor would win this matchup. I mean, it's looking tough, but let's not forget he is an ADCC silver medalist. He's got his chops. I think he's very durable. I don't see no beast. He beat, Ke- him. He beat Keenan at Nogi Pans, too. Um, but it should be a fun match. You know, but thankfully, Kynan's been on Fight to Win a few times. I don't think we'll see a wrestling match. I feel like we'll get right into some jiu-jitsu, which is uh, what we all want to see, of course. But I think Kynan has to be the happy favorite. That's my pick on this. All right. What about what else is going on out there? What, what, what else do we have coming up this month? Uh, this month? Oh, you know what? Let's talk to Daisy Fresh Film. That's right. That's Dropping next Wednesday. Ricardo, you watch that thing. What do you think about it? Wait, so let, let me introduce people the... real quick. It's a film about right. these guys, this gym called Pedigo Submission Fighting in Mount Vernon, Illinois, which you, you've probably never heard of Mount Vernon. Nobody has. It's got like 10,000 people. But they've had an incredible amount of success on the uh, on the big stage. They've won world championships at all the color belts, gi no gi. And it's it's just an interesting story. It's a bunch of guys from all over the world, like 12 of them living on the mats. And it's going to be really raw. It's, we haven't made a film like this. Two 40-minute episodes. Ricardo, you watched them. What do you think? So I saw episode one. I uh, got a sneak peek a couple weeks back. And, uh, man, the epi- it's awesome. You know, I, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't know so much about them. Uh, my first introduction to them was actually when Bear was sponsoring them. Kind of got my attention seeing the Daisy Fresh logo. I was like, what is with that? You know, and then... I saw this and I was like, "Wow, you know that that's what that's what this is all about." I know Shoyro did a film on them a little while ago too, and it was pretty cool. Um, this one gets a little more gritty into their training and their upbringing and the mats, and it's funny because like seeing these guys in like the middle of the Midwest, it almost like resembles like a poor environment in like Brazil, like some of those like favela style academies. You know, the kids just don't have anything, and it looks very similar. You know, same attitude, like they're like just fighting to get out of there. And, uh, man, I, you know, people want to co- – if you ever complain about hard training, go watch that video. There's a lot of examples of hard, real hard training. And uh, if you complain about your academy, maybe having a little blood on the mat or something like that, go watch this video and then complain. This is – it's. I mean, this is, these guys are crazy. These guys man. are crazy, and it's, it's, it's awesome. I can't, wait to, I can't wait for it to be released. I want to see episode two. Send me a link, Michael Sears. <laughs> Bear, you go way back with these guys. I mean, literally, one of the main guys, Andrew Wiltsy, has your logo tattooed on his chest, and it's like it's, it's something Crazy. that's something that's interesting to me. Like when you watch this uh, this video, I mean, they're they're like you know, I'll just say it. Like a lot of people with no money in there, but everybody has a show you rogi. Like it's like the show you logos on the thing. They're they're really passionate about show you uh, What's What's your relationship like with these guys, and how would you describe them a little bit, Bear? Actually, you're in episode one. I know that I think about it, but uh, yeah, dude, I, I, I think I think for us, it's like pretty much like you guys. I think we we just we're just we're just following the we're f- following the sport and the culture, you know. So like anyone that's doing anything special or anything different in the sport or the culture, like we're following them as fans and as like enthusiasts. And I think with them, like, like Ricardo was saying, like. There's just so much, so many levels. There's a bunch of levels I don't even understand uh, that that stuff that they do. But I, I honestly think like um, like they're doing something very special, and um, it's not just from like you have to be this top team or this top uh, this top adult to go there and and perform and win. You could be a 50 year old dude, you could be a 30 year old dude, and you could be going through some hard times in life. And uh, Heath does a really good job in trying to build good humans. You know, and he just so happens to be a badass jujitsu coach and a, and, a, and a really, really, really good uh, mentor to a lot of these people to help them get through bad times. So I don't, I, in all honesty, I think uh, we just met them from being fans and, and looking at their work and uh, just seeing it early. We got lucky enough to meet them early. 
Um, I honestly, in all honesty, I think like in three to five years, you'll probably see them. Uh, you'll be starting to see a bunch of people moving out there to train with the crew just because of um, no one knows about him yet, but you guys are putting this film out and it's going to put everybody on notice and they're going to be, you know, I guarantee it. There's going to be at least 30, 40 people lining up at his store saying, hey, can we train here? Because like, like I said, they're not only uh, they're not only performing, getting results. They're also like he's almost like a, a second dad to some of these guys um, and giving them um, really good life tools to help them with daily life. Right. Not even so much jujitsu, just like being badass humans. And I think that's what people are going to freak out. In. And I haven't even seen the film you guys done. And if it's anything next what Wednesday, I can exp uh, it's, it's going to be a it's going to be epic, man. So mark my words, Heath is going to start the next American Jiu Jitsu revolution and people from around the world are going to be traveling there and living there to train with him. And it's not just for good training. It's for life skills and how to be a better fucking human. Like he's amazing. The the, uh, yeah, we talked a lot about performance enhancers today. The Wiltsy brothers have their own performance enhancer, orange chicken. You'll see a lot of you see a lot of orange chicken discussion in, in the. Uh, they have they're very particular about the way they like to eat their orange there's chicken. A method, uh, there's the, a method to the chicken. They have Victory Panda after the after they win, they go to Victory Panda Express. Uh, Andrew, yeah, send me the link. I need to watch it. Send me right, the link. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with the link wait. so you can watch it. Yeah, I'll send it to you today. All right, uh, so I think we're running out of time. Sorry, guys, we started late. Thursday. Kyle Terry and Mike Musumeci are going to be sitting right here in between us. It's going to be a fun one. This is going to be a fun episode. This is going to be our best episode yet, so everybody make sure you tune in. This is going to be at 12.45 Central Time, 1.45 East Coast Time. Ricardo, are you going to find somebody to cover for you and, and be on that one or what? I'm working on it. I want to go to I want to go head to head with Kyle, challenge him on some stuff, so we'll see. All right. Okay, yeah, I like the sound of that. All right, all right. It's going to so, be fireworks. Uh, Classic yeah. rapper, stay tuned. <laughs> all right all right so i think we're out of time you got anything to say no just thanks for tuning in guys thanks uh, ricardo and bear for calling in as usual great to have you on the show and uh we will be running like you said mikey and kyle on thursday stay tuned we got a lot of nicholas marigali stuff coming out he's in the yeah, office he's sitting right outside now. drinking his uh shimahon right now yeah. and uh we'll see you guys on the next show thanks for tuning in Wait, wait, but before we cut, is he as polite as, as he says he is? Super polite. No, yeah, he's been pretty polite, okay. yeah. The girls in the office are going crazy about him. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> all right, talk to you guys later. Thanks a lot. Peace. There you go. Good job.